And we're recording. We are back in 2021. Yes, we made it. Last year was a very strange year to say the least, but we are back for another podcast. I am one of your hosts, Samuel Finlay, aka Sizzle. Sitting across from me on Zoom is... It's your boy, guys. It's the co-host of this pod, Simon Quinn, aka Quinny. Like Sizzle mentioned, we made it. We got through 2020. Wasn't a great year. So let's hope 2021 is better. So fingers crossed. And we're back now as Sizzle and Quinny. We did over Christmas, the Christmas period for the month of December, Christmas with Sizzle and Quinny, a festive mini series. We put out a number of parts, five parts to be exact. We even had a couple of guests on, uh, Caleb Hansey. He joined us for a couple episodes there. Big shout out to Caleb for that. He also um, shout out, brother. Had, had a Christmas podcast as well. Deck the Hands, you should go check that out if you want to get your fix of Christmas podcasts in January in the new year to relive uh, Christmas that's just past us. But now we're back as Sizzle and Quinny. However, we're going to do things slightly differently. We like to change it up every now and then. Obviously, we're a pop culture sports podcast and we're going to you know continue to do that. But we're going to sort of stick with the format that we had for our Christmas miniseries. So we're going to focus on uh, a movie, a show, a sporting event, you know, you name it and send us in obviously topics that you'd like us to discuss. You can do that on Instagram at Sizzling Quinny. Uh, so we're going to deep dive each episode into a particular topic or a particular show or movie. And then we're going to break it up and have the same format as we had for the Christmas miniseries. So I'll just quickly go through that. We're going to do highs and lows, highs, what we liked about the particular topic, lows, what we didn't. And then we're going to give our best award uh, and our worst award. And then we're going to give a rating. So without further ado, for the first episode of 2021, and this is season four technically. And if not counting our Christmas episodes, you know, our, our festive mini series, this is episode 31. Big. So Yeah. We're 30 episodes deep, season four. So who would have thought, you know, after starting this podcast randomly, you know, while we're just hanging out, I think having a beer in in the afternoon on a Saturday night in 2019, we'd be here in 2021, still podcasting. Obviously things have changed. We're having to do this over Zoom because of the current climate. And obviously you live in Young, I'm still in Wollongong, but we're still here. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, before we get into today's topic, I just want to ask, Quinny, how did you like the Christmas miniseries? I mean, we haven't really relived it since we finished. I mean, how was it? I'm not going to lie. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I loved it, like, in general. It got me heaps back into podcasting. And, you know, we both love Christmas. So I just kind of loved it how we just changed it up a bit. And I really enjoyed it. Like, we, had, we watched some films we'd never seen before. We had a great time, you know, unpacking them, breaking them down. You know, me and you love a deep dive. So I loved it. And then also just getting some guests on there. Caleb, of course, huge guest for us. Shout out to him. But I, mean, I just love it. It was just fun. Bit of fun. I got you a mug as well so you can remember our time together on the Christmas special. So keep that mug safe, mate, because it's probably the best gift you'll ever get. <laughs> and we didn't do a best of 2020. We decided not to do one because we obviously had that festive mini series, and you know I don't want to do go into too much detail, and you know look back on 2020 because it was a, a pretty rough year. Obviously, we had a great year on the podcast front. We put out some great episodes and, and even changed things up a little bit for that festive mini series. But just quickly looking back, 
what was the highlight of 2020 for you? It could be, you know, pop culture related, sport related, uh, in your personal life, you know, maybe if you could just quickly give the listeners, what was your, uh, high for 2020? All right, man, this is pretty straightforward. It, I, you surely have seen this. You know this is coming. My high definitely for 2020, right towards the end of 2020, actually, in December. Kid Cudi, obviously, Man on the Moon 3. Loved it. Came out. I've been waiting for a Kid Cudi Man on the Moon album for so long. And the, the Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen. What a great album. Best album of 2020 for me, not going to lie. Sorry, I'm claiming it now. <laughs> if, we, if we did a best of 2020, I would have said the same thing. That for me was huge. Like, you know, obviously we love Kid Cudi. He means a lot to both of us. And the fact that he finally released his own album to finish off the Man on the Moon trilogy, like he promised all the way back in 2008. Well done, Kid Cudi. It was a banger of an album. Big fan. How about yourself? Yeah, nice. And obviously I loved the Kid Cudi album as well. You know, he's my favorite artist, your favorite artist. We may even do a, a podcast about the album um, in yes. the near future because we, we love it so much. But I'm actually going to go with Mandalorian season two for me. Mm, nice. That made my year, honestly. That was probably the best uh, season of any show I've seen in a number of years, to be honest. Like season one was great. We're introduced to Mando, introduced to the Mandalorians a little bit more. Obviously, you know, we get a little bit of that in the Clone Wars and, and you know, you're one who's, who's uh, dived deep into Clone Wars. Here we fan. Now, I'm starting to watch Clone Wars. Obviously, I've seen all the other Star Wars. But yeah, it was great to get that second season. We really needed, obviously, because last year we didn't get a lot of content. Obviously, there was a lot of movies pushed back. You know, Black Widow was pushed back and, you know, which was supposed to come out almost a year ago and the cinemas closed down. So we didn't get a really? lot of new new content, not as much as we, we usually get. Obviously, there were some highs like Ozark as well um, in the, the TV um, front there. But yeah, Mandalorian for me was awesome. Baby Yoda, you know, back at it again. Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. What a performance. Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka, my girl from Clone Wars. Shout out to you, Ahsoka. That's right. And look, we, we won't go into it too much because we're planning on doing a full podcast on The Mandalorian. But I just, yeah, I just wanted to, because we didn't do a best of 2020, I just wanted to quickly reflect Address it. Yeah. on that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into this episode, episode 31. Oof. And it is on a movie that actually was released in 2020, towards the very end of 2020. And that is Wonder Woman 1984. Yes, this was the first movie that I'd seen at the cinemas and we went together when you were in Wollongong in a long, long time. Maybe like almost like a year. I can't remember the last Literally time I went to the movies. Yeah. Honestly, I couldn't tell you actually. Yeah, I, I would have to think about it. I have to get back to you because I honestly can't remember the last time I went to the movies. Uh, it was awesome to go back to the cinemas. We're going to get into the movie in a moment. But first of all, how good is going to the movies? Like I really took that for granted. I loved it, man. That was one of the main things that I like, missed in that whole year when the, you couldn't go to the movies. Because as you know, I've mentioned before on this podcast, when I was in Wollongong, we, me and you always loved to go to the movies. We'd go to every Marvel movie that came out so we could have a nice little deep dive and then talk about it after it. So... For me, movies are huge because, as you know, I love movies. I love films. And it's always good to, like, you know, be able to go to the film with one of your mates, have some popcorn, you know, me, a bit of Diet Coke, get it in there. 
got to say, you got to you know, make sure you're not too thirsty. You know, it's got to, it helps you. That whole movie vibe. And the is Skittles. Don't forget the Skittles. And the Skittles. We all love Skittles. So that whole movie vibe was something that I missed. And I was so glad that we finally got the chance to go to the movies again in person. Yeah, and hopefully this year we'll be able to continue to go to the movies, obviously with social distancing and whatnot in place. But yeah, it was just great to go back to the movies. But that brings us to this episode and what we're going to be focusing on. And that is Wonder Woman 1984, which stars Gal Gadot. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Um, has Wonder Woman, Diane, Chris Pine as Steve, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah slash Barbara, and our man who is the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal as Ooh, Maxwell yeah. Lord. So for context, I'm just going to go over the synopsis very quickly. So Diane must contend with a work colleague and businessman whose desire for extreme wealth sends the world down a path of destruction after an ancient artifact that grants wishes goes missing. Now that's per IMBD. That gives you a little bit of context. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this and want to without knowing what happens, you probably want to pause the podcast now, go watch it, then listen to the podcast after because we're not going to hold back with any spoilers in this podcast. So, Highs and lows. Let's begin with highs. What did you like about this movie, Simon Quinn? All right, Sizzle. I'll give you a few and then you can give me some. Bit of back and forth is what we like to do. So, of course. I think main, one of the main things, I think the opening scene was pretty cool. I really enjoyed how you got to see Wonder Woman, aka Diana Prince, doing that training athletics course at the start when she's like heaps young against all the adults as well. And you kind of get to see why she's so cool. So that was a really nice scene. I really enjoyed that. Really creative. Kind of got me engaged from the start. That was one high for me. You mentioned it before. Obviously, I love Pedro Pascal in this film. Also, I did enjoy um, Kristen Wiig as well. I love them as Barbara and I loved him as Maxwell. Both really good characters. So they're two of the main things that I really, really enjoyed. One more I'll give you and then you can um, give me some of yours. One other thing I really enjoyed, I kind of enjoyed like some of the action sequences. So in particular, you know, when he goes to Cairo and he's like granting wishes and then yeah. he makes the wall appear and then, then you know, Wonder Woman and Steve are then trying to hunt them down. There's that cool little action scene where she's kind of lost some of her powers and she's not as strong as she used to be. So I thought that was kind of entertaining, but I'll leave it there for the moment. You give me some of yours. Yeah, so... I, I agree with with those as well. I mean, first of all, we mentioned it at the start of the podcast. My high was, you know, my the biggest high for this was just actually seeing this at the cinemas after not going to see a movie at the cinemas for, you know, well over a year because of COVID. So that was, you know, my my huge number one undisputed high was just going back to the movies. Uh, Diane as Wonder Woman, uh, you mentioned it there. I thought she was awesome. I, I really like Gal Gadot. I think she's you know, just a great actress. And I think she portrays Wonder Woman perfectly. Like that is when you talk about, you know, superhero or, you know, villain or whatever it may be being cast correctly. I think that this is spot on. I mean, you know, we've seen when sometimes casting doesn't go right. And we've seen, you know, a few iterations of Batman, which, you know, Ben Affleck, maybe a little bit questionable for me. Um, Jared Leto is the Joker, maybe also a little bit questionable for me, but I think Gal Gadot uh, as Diane, as Wonder Woman, perfect. You know, she, she's my favorite member of the Justice League. And, you know, we'll, we'll what soon about Aquaman? see. Oh, I mean, Aquaman, yeah, uh, also very good. But 
I think Wonder Woman in this Justice League world in the in the movies that you know they've put together they've constructed is I mean not maybe put put aside the um the Batman movies um, previously and you know you could make Heath Ledger obviously as Joker in the Dark Knight Rises the goat, like, yeah you know let's put that aside but when we're just talking about the this these this collection of movies I think this you know saga that they've put together uh, I think she's the best Justice League member there and and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the Zack Snyder uh, cut of Justice League because the original Justice League was not great. I mean, it was butchered, and there's I mean a lot of reasons to that. We won't go into that too much because you know we might end up doing a podcast about the Snyder cut there. But yeah, that was one thing that I particularly liked was just Diana's Wonder Woman. I thought thought she was great. She's great in the first one, great in Justice League, and um, you know just as good in this one. So I thought that was great. I also really liked the mall scene. Um, towards the start of the movie uh, it really gave me that, that the Stranger Things season 3 vibe uh, I legit wrote that down <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, oh, great, there you go. great minds think alike great there minds think alike there you go Quinny I thought that was really cool and um, you mentioned as well I mean we've got a lot of the same things here you mentioned as well the multi-stage athletic competition at the very start of the movie uh, was was really cool um, and, you know particularly like like you know getting the ocean as well you know that huge dive into the ocean uh, was really horse awesome. riding, cool like sort of racing vibe. the horses. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was almost like the Olympics or like you know um, something out of Gladiator. Like it was, it was really cool. Um, so that was a high for me as well. Um, and the casting of Pedro Pascal. You know, he's obviously the Mandalorian now, and he did such an amazing job in that series. And he's just an amazing actor as well. Like he's done some some fantastic, fantastic roles. You know, the Viper in Game of Thrones, like. He was awesome, uh, you know, maybe short-lived there. It would have been nice to have him a little bit longer in that show. But it was great yep. to see, see some more of Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, despite maybe not really liking his depiction. I, I think they probably could have done a bit better job with that character. But, you know, we'll never know. Maybe he'll be in um, another movie if, if this DC world does evolve like the Marvel Universe has done because obviously that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to weave in different characters and whatnot. So, yeah, there, there's some highs I had. Did you have any more to add? Yeah, I was going to say, I just was just in general, I love the setting of Washington, D.C. in the 1980s. Mm. Like, it was a cool vibe. Like you mentioned, Stranger Things definitely was in there. And one other thing I'll add, I really enjoyed, like, the history behind the Dreamstone and how they, they show, like, if you like that scene where they read about the past and where it came from. As a history person, I really enjoyed that. And then also, like, the fight scene in the White House was pretty cool, too. They're mm. pretty much the main ones for me. Wouldn't it be awesome to live in the 80s? Like I was thinking that when I was watching this movie, I was like, yeah, I, I like everything that we've got these days. You know, technology has advanced, you know, high definition, you know, being able to watch movies for one at the cinemas in, you know, 4K, full HD is awesome. But wouldn't it be cool to go back and, and live in the 80s? Much simpler times, all right? I agree. Much simpler, really cool. Love the fashion in the 80s. I think we yeah. can pull it off. I think so. I think so. All right, let's. Uh, I've got no other highs for me. Uh, let's Same. move into lows. So things we didn't particularly like about the film. Uh, I might kick this one off because you yeah. kicked off uh, the highs for us. So I had well, number one. I didn't particularly like how there was no defined villain in the movie. Uh, like obviously, uh, Cheetah. Barbara, she sort of became the the villain, but you know, in the comics, she's also almost like an antihero. And, and I think I believe, you know, I'm not um, all that 
uh, well versed in the comics world, but I believe, you know, in, in the comics, she actually becomes an ally of Wonder Woman. If you, you know, continue to go quite deep into the Wonder Woman series there. Uh, so, you know, that's obviously why, but yeah, I just didn't really like how there was no clear cut villain. Obviously, Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Lord, he was sort of a, a villain, but he wasn't really a villain. So, I, I didn't really like that. And it took a while for us to define who Diane was sort of going to have to, um, you know, go up against as that, that villain or anti-hero, whatever you want to call it. So I didn't really like that. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes that works in movies when you have the anti-hero role. And I don't think they did a great job of it in this one. Uh, speaking of Barbara and Cheetah, I thought the transformation was very rushed. Uh, particularly from going from, you know, uh, Barbara having um, you know, similar sort of powers as Wonder Woman to actually becoming Cheetah. Like yeah. that just sort of happened, you know. And I, this was a, a long, long movie. And, you know, I'll go into that because that's also a low for me. I thought the movie went for too long. You know, this went for over two hours. Like this was a, a long movie. I think you and I went to see like a, a two o'clock sitting. We didn't get out to like 5, 5.30 or something. So <laughs> this was a, a long movie. And, you know, they had plenty of time to you know, make that transformation happen, you know, in the right way. And I just thought it was a little bit rushed for me. So that's a few for me. I'll, I'll hand it over to you and then I might see if I can add any more and if we have any differences. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. So pretty much I agree with everything you've just said. Very similar to what I picked apart. Um, I'm just going to say, like you mentioned, the storyline in general, like I wasn't really a big fan. I thought it was pretty hard to follow. Like I didn't really understand what the main motive was behind Maxwell Lord. It wasn't really explained properly. Like for example, he starts off as like the struggling businessman that obviously has invested money in different oil fields. But he's not getting any oil. So he wants to get this dreamstone so he can then become wealthy and get oil again. So he gets people. So he ends up doing that and then he becomes wealthy and powerful. And then he just keeps going on a, going to different countries. Oh, what wish do you want? And he just keeps granting wishes bit confusing to me so he's kind of gone from wanting to just have heaps of oil and money to then suddenly like worldwide domination and like causing chaos like it just i think like you mentioned i just felt in general it was just really rushed it did go for a while like you mentioned like you know obviously we can't go nighttime sessions because sizzle always falls asleep this is true this is true we should put this on record in all honesty when we go to the movies queenie and i we pick early seatings because We've done it before. Like, I think we went to see X-Men or and maybe it might have been also Fantastic. Yeah, no, so Crimes of Grindelwald then. Yeah, the but there was, also, there was also when we went to see X-Men. I think it's happened on numerous occasions Probably. where we went to like a nine o'clock uh, viewing and I fell asleep and literally missed, you know, 90% of the movie. So sorry to bite in there, Quinny. But yeah, no, I can't no, go good. see a late movie. I yeah. don't put movies on after eight o'clock. Like, I literally don't. Yeah, that's why. Because Sizzle just can't help himself. So... Anyway, in saying that, like I mentioned, yeah, like you said, the villain role for me, again, it wasn't really as strong as I would have liked. Like in the first Wonder Woman, the villain was really actually interesting and like, yep, that's the villain. But in this movie, it's like, is it, is it, Chris, is it the cheetah? Is it Barbara? Or is it actually, you know, our boy Pedro Pascal? Is he, like, I just wasn't sure. It wasn't clear for me. And then it just took ages until... Cheetah finally is revealed as a villain and they have like the big standoff in the White House and in the last scene of the film and she like just turns evil and she goes from being like best friends with Diana to then hating her and wanting to fight her. So that was just some more for me. I've got like one more, but I'll go back to you in case you want to add. Yeah, and it's not like Diana did anything really wrong to Barbara. Like, 
you know, that was also rushed as well. Like I feel like there's something should have maybe happened to make her sort of turn on her um, because, you know, th- there was nothing really that provoked that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, you know, you mentioned the whole, you know, plot and storyline being a little bit messy, you know, with the Dreamstone, you know, the whole idea of, you know, all these wishes being made. I, I co- totally agree. That was just very confusing. I didn't really understand Maxwell Lord's, um, his, his end game, like, and that was not made clear. So I found that a little bit confusing and, you know, focusing on Maxwell Lord there as well. Like I mentioned it, like I didn't really like, you know, how he was depicted in this, obviously Pedro Pascal, you know, that's no shade to him because I thought he did a really good job with, you know, the script, but I didn't really like how this character was depicted. You know, like I said, like, was he a villain? Wasn't he like, that was very unclear. And, and, you know, doing a little bit of research for this podcast, like Maxwell Law has actually got powers and abilities, you know, telepathy, mind control, illusion casting, um, you know, and so on. I think it might've been a little bit more interesting if they had have given he him had those powers. powers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then it would have made a bit more sense. Yeah. So, so if he actually obviously- wished for powers as opposed to oil. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, uh, and one other one, like, Diane, like you really don't need to be wearing high heels anymore. I feel like just get some flat shoes because she's got those high heels on as Wonder Woman. I know that's the, that's what Wonder Woman wears. You know, that's part of uniform, but surely she's going to be a little bit more effective on her feet. If she's just got some flat, some flat shoes on rather than wearing those, those heels. I mean, they look great. She looks great. But, she does um, look great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But you know, maybe get some flat shoes or some joggers or something. I don't yep. know. <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe consult Batman and and see if um what's if, uh yeah can yeah, Bruce if, Wayne whip up some new boots for her or some yeah, shoes maybe, that she can wear maybe if we can like cross Marvel into DC and um you know Tony Stark can maybe develop her a new suit I don't know I don't know I don't know that's ever gonna happen but yeah <laughs> um all right well that's pretty much all I had for Lowe's did you have any, any yeah others? I just got one more that I just want to quickly mention like you know it was kind of cool I kind of liked how Chris Pine was back in it as Steve. But it wasn't really Steve. Like, you know how it's like this random dude and then his soul goes into the random dude and then only um, Diana can see him as Steve and they, like, have a relationship again. And I just kind of felt like... well, I don't know if he was really needed for the film. It didn't really give much to the plot. Yeah. I'm going to get into that in a second as well. The only thing really that's happened is he kind of helps her fly the the plane and then they see all the fireworks and stuff. He's like, oh, this is beautiful. And, like, also, that was a bit confusing as well. Like, so can... Can Wonder Woman fly now by, like, like can she fly or does she need something to grab onto? Like, I, I don't well, that's really... what I mean because at the end when she gets her powers back, she can kind of fly and then she yeah, can, can also, she fly? Like, you know, I was a bit confused about that. Tarzan away through the sky and get so just Tarzan onto you know lightning bolts. Like I don't know. I don't know. So confusing. she's just lassoing and then yeah. I love the lasso from, though. It's a great lasso. Like it's a good lasso. The lasso of truth or whatever it's called. But um, yeah. yeah. So that was just one for me. I just don't think it did much for the plot. I guess it made, you know, Wonder Woman more vulnerable and she was not like super like, immortal and she was like losing her powers. Mm. But yeah, I just didn't know if he was really needed in the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on to the next segment and that is um, best and worst characters. So Best character, who did you like the most in this film and why? All right. So 
this I don't know. This was tough. Like I was like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. I'm just gonna go with Wonder Woman. She was probably the best character in the film. Like I kind of liked how she was portrayed as always. Like all the scenes that she's in are very, you know, really interesting. And her vulnerability was like really obvious in this film. And I kind of like, like we mentioned, how she's like lassoing away through the clouds and learns how to fly, and then puts on like the epic armor at the end. So she gets like the armor upgrade at the end and fights Cheetah. And you know, Wonder Woman's great. Gal Gal Gadot, what's her name? Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gadot. Gal Gadot. Really sure Gadot whatever it. her name is, she's wonderful in this. She's a great Wonder Woman, and yeah, I think for me, she's probably the winner for me in this film. But yeah, yourself. Yeah, I won't spend too much time on it because mine was exactly the same. I had Gal Gadot as well, Diane Wonder Woman. She was awesome in this. I loved her depiction of Wonder Woman once again. She was great in the first Wonder Woman, just as good in this one, despite not being as good of a film. I just wish Wonder Woman, this is, this is my wish, I wish Wonder Woman was in the Marvel Universe. I really do. Because, you know, we've spoken about it so many times on the podcast, like we're Marvel over DC. And 100%. I feel like, I feel like Wonder Woman just would suit being in the Marvel Universe more than DC. But it's never going to happen, obviously. So, you know, I'm just yeah. going to have to learn to live with it. All right. Well, let's go to our least favorite character and why. I will kick this one off because you kicked off best character. And you mentioned it before. I'm going with Steve, to be honest. Nice. Like, for me, much the same as you said. Like, I don't feel like he really added anything to this film other than being Wonder Woman's, like, sidekick, I guess. You know, obviously, like, scenes, yeah, yeah. Maybe he taught her to fly. If that's you know the the message that we were given with that you know flying scene that we got. Obviously, he was a pilot. Uh, you know, I didn't like how he was placed inside, and you mentioned it inside the body of a random man. And then, like, I also found it weird that like Wonder Woman was okay with that, and like obviously she saw Steve and we saw Steve, but it still it wasn't him. And, you know, even his appearance wasn't him. So, and like, she was fine with that. I thought that was a little bit odd as well. And she sort of became fine with it very quickly. Another thing that was, I guess, was rushed. And, you know, fair enough if if it's like a shorter movie, but because this was a long movie, like, and I'm sort of struggling to think where all the time went because I feel like a lot of things were rushed in this movie and it was a long movie. So they dragged on, like the whole starts very, drags on for ages before anything really happens. Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, you know, I, I just didn't didn't like him being. I, I just felt like it was unnecessary. Like he was in the first one, and he, he fit being in that obviously, and he was in that movie for a reason. But I don't think they needed to bring him back. You know, they could have saved you know some some money in the budget by bringing bringing him back. So yeah, that was that was my least favorite character. Nice, I agree with that. Um, so just I've went a bit different because I had a feeling you might have went with our boy Steve. But I'm sorry, I'm going with my guy Mando himself, man. Pedro Pascal, mm. obviously he's amazing in this. Like he's a great actor. But Maxwell, I just wasn't vibing him as a villain. Um, it was just like I don't know. His whole motivation wasn't clear to me. I felt like I mentioned he was just his whole. It's just rushing. Okay, I want to have oil, and now I actually know. Now I want like. What you do know, you want? Yeah. What, what do you, do you want? Wish, wish for? Wish for? Wish? I'm like. Do you wish for it? <laughs> I'm sorry, like. When I think of a villain, I don't want someone talking about making wishes. I want to see someone using superpowers and making a challenge. Mm. He's just like, wish for it. And I'm like, nah, sorry, Pedro. <laughs> it 
it just wasn't clear to me. You wanted all the oil in the world and then now you want people yeah. to wish so you can be healed again. So you got the stone and then you start to tear out and die. But now you're changing to, oh, I need people to wish so I can get healed. And it just wasn't clear to me. And he's just like mm. the worst father. Like, what is he yeah. doing? Like his son's trying to find him in Washington. He's just walking around the place. No idea where he is. You know, we like talking about fathers on this pod. And for me, Maxwell just wasn't getting the job done as a father. Where do you reckon, so. you know, for those people that listened to the Christmas festive miniseries, we, we, we talked about a lot of bad parenting, particularly fathers. Where does Maxwell Lord rank in worst parent? Obviously, we had some horrible parents in those Christmas movies. Yeah. Or particularly, particularly in Home Alone. <laughs> Maybe the worst parent. Kevin McAllister's parents, probably the worst parents of all time. Yep. <laughs> is Maxwell Lord a worst parent? He's pretty parent? bad. Like, he's a bad, he's a bad father. Like, he's terrible. Yeah. He's just not there. His son's trying... And every time the son comes to see him on his visits, he's too busy trying to do stuff. He's not giving him any attention. Too busy doing, you know, interviews and granting people wishes. How about you just give your son the wish of a father? That's all he wants. And you're just not giving him any love. You're showing him no love. Or wish for like a babysitter or something. Like while he's, you know, going overseas and while he's going to, you know, talk to the president of the United States. Like, you know, his son's just roaming the streets and, you know, the world's chaotic. Like, you know, there's buildings blowing up. Like there's people riding and his son's just like strolling around, like, you know, crying. Yeah. Terrible. And like, yeah. So for me, I'm sorry. It has to go to my boy Maxwell because in the comics, like you mentioned before, he seems like he has a lot more to him than just he's got some cool powers, but for some reason they decided not to use that. If it was yeah. me, I would have made it he wishes for powers and then he becomes evil. That's what I would have expected from like this sort of film. Yeah. But, you know, I guess not. And let's not forget Malcolm Claus. He's pretty bad too. Malcolm's the worst oh, yeah. after Christmas. But, yeah, anyway, we better get back on track. Yeah. Buddy's dad? <laughs> he's <laughs> also terrible. I know, I know you're not high on him. <laughs> Definitely not high on him. I know you're not going to model yourself as a father after him, that's for sure. <laughs> no chance. But yeah, anyway, so sorry, Maxwell, he gets my villain award. Yeah, not going to argue with that. All right, let's move to the last section of the podcast, wrap things up here. Let's give this movie a rating out of five. It used to be called the Christmas tree rating. We're going to have to come up with a, a, you know, another name for, for the rating. But for now, it's just a rating out of five. I know it's a little bit boring. Uh, for reference... This movie gets a whopping 5.5 on IMBD, so it doesn't rank all that well. And for even more reference, the first Wonder Woman ranked 7.4 on IMBD. So obviously... Yeah, that's massive, the difference. Yeah, I mean, realistically, anything under 7 is a little bit suspect when it comes to IMBD rankings there. You know, it's hard. Superhero movies are hard though. Like they are. They apart are. from like Marvel, which is like, like, you know, they've got high ratings. Most yeah. other ones aren't rated that high, but yeah, I know. That's you. true. That's true. But I mean, you know, looking back at Wonder Woman 7.4, that's a pretty respectable for a DC superhero s- film. Yeah. That's pretty respectable right there. Hmm. So yeah, that's for a little bit of reference. I might give my score first, then I'll hand it to you. As I've mentioned, you know, the movie was too long. It was rushed despite its length. Uh, Didn't particularly like the plot and I thought it was a little bit unexplained. Didn't really like how there was a central villain. So this movie doesn't rank all that well for me. I left it quite confused. And I know a friend of the pod, Caleb Hansey, 
Love this movie, so I'm curious. Eight out of ten, I think he gave, didn't he? Yeah, I'm, that's what I think I saw. I'm on curious to know why he liked it so much, and we were planning on getting him on the podcast, but you know, maybe we ask him about it. a bit of Q and A next time he's on. Maybe, maybe, but I'm going to give this a two out of five. That that's that's my score there. You know, by the look on your face, it looks like you might have a, a similar score. So I'm going to hand it straight over to you. What was your score? Do you have two as well, or do you have something different? No, yeah, like you mentioned, the first one was. I really, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was really good. Yeah, so, so did I. I had, I had high expectations for this one. Massive letdown. Like you said, too long. Too many sort of the plot just felt rushed, even though it was really long. The villain wasn't. There wasn't really the the clear cut villain I'm used to. And like you mentioned, same for me. It's two out of five. Yeah, fair enough. Well, no complaints Done. there. Any final words on the podcast, or do you want to bring this? Sorry, on the uh, movie, or do you want to bring this podcast to a close? I'm done, says I'm happy. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for more. We're going to be you know, jumping into some interesting topics. They're not all going to be movies and TV shows. So, you know, if you do like us with the sport content, you know, we'll we, talk might review, we might review, you know, the NFL season, NBA, you know, whatever. So send us in. If you want us to talk about something, in particular, just um, hit us hit up us on up. the gram. Don't be shy. Sizzle and Quinny, or, you know, I'm personally Samuel Finlay. You're personally Quinny 91 That's the one. Uh, until next time, we'll be seeing you. We won't be seeing you. We'll be talking to you. Peace. See ya.